Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? Direct, direct. Last year, you might recall, sir, our exchange regarding the FBI's involvement on January 6th and prior. According to the record, I ask you, did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol on January 6th? You responded, I quote, again, I have to be very careful of what I say, to which I said it should be a no. We sit here again a year later, still do not have a definitive answer from you or anyone else in the Biden administration. Although we have a tremendous amount of evidence, which you will see. You know what a ghost bus is? A ghost bus? Ghost bus. I'm not sure I've used that term before. Okay. These buses are nefarious in nature and were filled with FBI informants dressed as Trump supporters you, and you, deployed you, onto our Capitol on January 6th. Your day is coming, Mr. Ray. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back. Hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio program. Hey, before I get John Guandolo here on the line, I got this headline and it's truly breathtaking. More than 100 Harvard professors slam university president for bowing to donor pressure and condemning anti-Semitism. 100 Harvard professors are ticked off that the president of Harvard University, Harvard College, whatever, is pushing back against people who hate Jews. These people work among us. They operate among us. They are in the highest echelon of our government. And they hate America. And we need to be able to identify who they are. John Guandolo, our national security expert, Marine, former federal agent. He now helps us identify these people. John, welcome back. I'm, I'm stumped and, and dumbfounded all at once. I can't understand how people can be so dense. Well, I think the the reality is that uh, our adversaries have a strategy, a plan, and they've been acting on it as far as the communist movement, which you're uh, touching on, and they've been acting on this for uh, literally over 100 years in the United States. And they've targeted our universities, they targeted our elementary, junior high, and high schools, targeted our labor and teacher unions, Uh, they control them, and... This is what you get. I mean, it's not that it's not that complicated. And we have done, and when I say we, citizens in local communities have done nothing to put a halt to it, except in uh, a minority of communities that are working to to do something. Yeah, you and I had talked earlier this week about possibly choosing my county. Did you do that? Oh, I did. Oh, okay. I so- spent a long time. Uh, not enough. I mean, it, it, as you might imagine, to actually research even just one county is, uh, just, is weeks of research. Right. Well, I want to tell but everybody. What I, did, what, I want to tell everybody it, what you said. You said, "Look, I want I want to show you choose a county, and I and I'll go into it, and I'll find out all the different kinds of people who are there operating as one thing, who are really people who don't love America, right?" And so I said, "Try mine, Allegheny County in Pennsylvania." Go ahead, John. Right. So what I'd like to do in this uh, in our time between now and 1030 or 1029, when we got a break, 
is just push some highlights to help people understand how and uh, they operate and where they're operating in, in that Allegheny County, Pittsburgh okay. area. So, uh, and I'm going to look at both the communists and the jihadis, and I just have a couple things to say before we start. I ask your audience to remember the reason that I focus on the Islamic movement, the jihadi movement, and the communist movement is because where the rubber meets the road at the local level, and not just in the United States and North America, Europe, Asia, elsewhere, but we're just talking about your county, it is the communists and jihadis working together. And so that's why I'm going to focus on them, okay? And as you think your audience will have questions, um, you can ask them. So first I want to lay out uh, some of the communist uh, operations going on in the county. So Communist Party USA has a chapter, at least one, and a number of businesses, uh, the Communist Party in Pittsburgh, a number of businesses uh, in the area. The Democratic Socialists of America, which is a communist organization, has a public Pittsburgh chapter. Uh, it looks like there are two, but there's definitely one Chinese Communist Black Lives Matter chapters in Pittsburgh, which you are very familiar with because they were on the street rioting. Um, there is at least one Antifa chapter in Pittsburgh, and I say for both of these, at least one is because around the country, they normally have a public presence and then other stuff going on that is not public, and it would require a lot more research and investigation. Uh, the Green Party has an affiliate office in Allegheny County, uh, which is a communist group, for those of you not aware. Wait, the Green uh, the, Party is a communist group? Yes. Green Party su supports uh, the communist agenda, the communist narrative, and that is part of the communist effort in the United States at the national level. And their primary role in the communist movement is to economically bring real destruction by forcing, if you look at their efforts, the Green Party at the national level, their efforts are to crush businesses with overwhelming regulations so that they basically can't function. That's the quick down and dirty on the Green Party, and you've got a affiliate office that they call the Allegheny County Affiliate Office. You've got the Communist, communist Group Red Pittsburgh operating there, and then you have a number of unions, uh, workers' unions, uh, labor, teacher unions, uh, and you've got the World Workers' Party has off it, which is a well-known 70-year-old uh, communist group operating. Now, you have others, but I'm, I'm setting the table with that first because I want to go through the, the jihadi organizations. Go. Um, so you have an office, uh, 801 North Negley Avenue in Pittsburgh, uh, that's a Hamas office doing business as the Council on American Islamic Relations, which, by the way, uh, on October 12th, sent a letter to your governor, Governor Shapiro, calling him out for saying Israel has the right to defend itself, and it was signed by dozens of Islamic uh, organizations, m most of them jihadi organizations from across Pennsylvania as well as others. 
You've got Hamas doing business as M-Gage, E-M-G-A-G-E, um, oper- which operates in Allegheny County and Pittsburgh. Um, now I'm going to turn the tides here. I want to, for 30 to 60 seconds, uh, I've talked about this on your show before, but I want to reiterate it for people who may have forgotten. The North American Islamic Trust, as well as other uh, Islamic organizations we're going to talk about, was identified in the largest terrorism financing trial ever successfully prosecuted in U.S. history, U.S. versus Holy Land Foundation trial, as a Muslim Brotherhood organization which directly funds the terrorist group Hamas uh, leaders and organizations overseas directly from their bank accounts. And all those records are, are public now. So that's point one about North American Islamic Trust, Nate. The FBI, in a declassified document, said this, Nate was organized by leaders of the Muslim Students Association of the United States and Canada, which is a Muslim Brotherhood group, in 1973, and is the parent organization of various Muslim groups in the U.S. and Canada. The leadership of NATE, MSA, which is the Muslim Students Associations, which we're going to get to, and other Muslim groups are interrelated with many leaders and members of NATE's, having been identified as supporters of the Islamic Revolution, as advocated by the government of Iran. Their support of jihad, a holy war in the U.S., has been evidenced by financial and organizational support provided through NATE. Well, Allegheny County Public Records reveals uh, three properties in Allegheny County Nate owned. One has now been sold recently. That was on Forbes Avenue in Pittsburgh. 4100 Bigelow Boulevard is owned by the Muslim Brotherhood's Hamas Nate, which is the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh, by the way. The other one is a lot on Northern Pike in Monroeville, PA. So there you go. Uh, Now, you have a Muslim student's office, main office, which also shares that Forbes Avenue, Pittsburgh, PA, 3339. Uh, And we're unsure because it looks like that property may have moved, but that's almost irrelevant because the Muslim Brotherhood's Muslim Student Association, which the declassified FBI document I just read from, included MSA, Muslim Student Association, with Nate as one of those jihadi organizations. And the MSAs exist on every major college campus in Pennsylvania and university. You're not going to find one that doesn't have an MSA. And they are in according, but I can't nail it down, it looks like they're working in some high schools, but that's going to require more investigation. Come on, John, we're going to step aside quick time out. On the flip side, where do you want to go? Where are you going next? I want to finish this, but I really want to talk about the interfaith outreach efforts in Pittsburgh, which is a the, the, the sharpest end of the spear of the communists and jihadis in, in local communities. Getting in bed with the faithful, making it seem good. It's not next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Let's get back out to our national security 
expert, John Guandolo. John, all right, so you've looked at my zip code in Allegheny, Pennsylvania, Allegheny County. You've identified a lot of people who are doing business on the communist jihadi side. Take it away. So before I move to the interfaith, I just want to mention, so within 20 miles of city center of Pittsburgh, um, and I just use Pittsburgh as the, the center. I know it's not technically the perfect center of Allegheny County, but it's pretty close. Uh, you've got uh, about 20 or more identifiable Islamic centers, mosques. And I just want to highlight a few because it's it's worth it. Because, number one, all of the mosques I looked at, and I looked at, uh, let's see, eight, ten, uh, all teach Sharia as the purpose of why they're existing. And for those in your audience uh, that are not familiar, all normative and universally taught Sharia, which is Allah's divine law, Islamic law, mandates warfare against non-Muslims to establish an Islamic state on the whole planet under which Sharia is the law of the land. So for those of you that are writhing in your seats, and think that's some odd version of Islam, uh, I would challenge you to produce one authoritative book of Islamic law in any century in any language that says something different than that. So let's just start there. So all the mosques I looked at said that, uh, all with the exception of one, and it's only just because I couldn't find it, uh, receive money for zakat, and according to Islamic law, which all of these mosques say they... Uh, operate under, and their bylaws say they operate under Sharia, by the way, uh, zakat, one-eighth of zakat goes to jihad, which U.S. federal code defines as terrorism. So your mosques in Pittsburgh are funding terrorism. You just actually need to find some state or federal agencies that will pull their heads out of their ass and actually investigate them. Um, so let's just look at a few here. Let's start with the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh, since their property is owned by the North American Islamic Trust, which the largest terrorism financing trial in American history demonstrates is not only a Muslim Brotherhood organization whose stated goal is to overthrow the United States, but they directly fund the terrorist group Hamas. Well, they raise money on their bylaws or on their website for zakat, meaning terrorism, um, and by the way, there's a great article by the former uh, chief counterterrorism in, uh, prosecutor in New York, Andrew McCarthy, uh, uh, in National Review about what Zakat actually is and how legally it's material support for terrorism. So you don't think I'm just making this up. Uh, here's a couple quotes right out of the bylaws of the Islamic Center of Pittsburgh. The ICP will ensure that women have the opportunity to lead and participate in all activities within the constraints of Sharia, by the way. Those, which, are, those are contradictory statements, then. Exactly. The activities of the ICP shall be governed by Sharia. All property uh, shall be held in the ICP or NATE. So they admit in their bylaws they are directly affiliated um, with NATE. And as part of the imam's duties is to advise the board of directors if he believes the board is taking any actions which are contrary to Sharia, by the way. Just a few thoughts. Now, here, here's a really good one. The Majid al-Mumin, uh, 537 Paulson Avenue in Pittsburgh. And again, the Islamic Center was 4100 Bigelow Boulevard. 
in Pittsburgh. The Majid al Mumin uh, promotes, uh, and it's like the center point of their website, classes by the Neural Uzaman Institute, which is also in Pittsburgh, and their imam, uh, Naeem Abdullah. Uh, well, Naeem Abdullah, we have him on video saying Jews run everything, they have all the money, they're cowards, and Allah changed Jews into apes and pigs. Um, he also, by the way, says that, quote, modern-day corrupt scholars call offensive jihad invalid when, in fact, it's valid. Um, so he promotes jihad. This is the Majid al-Mumin, Paulson Avenue, Pittsburgh. Uh, he also roomed with uh, Tariq Shah, was his housemate in New York, who was arrested and convicted of materially supporting al-Qaeda. Just by the way, there you go. That's the guy running that. Uh, we already talked about the neuro. John. Uh, well, I want to say yeah. I want to say this. Here's what I want to do the next time we talk on Friday, next Friday. I yep. want I want to know how everybody else can do this because I have a minute to go and we're not going to be able to get into it. But I, okay. I want to be able to. I want to have you teach us. Show me the tool. How do I find out how these communist and jihadi networks where they are? How do we do that? What do you think? I'm I'm game for that. Is it a lot of is it a heavy lift or is it something dummies like myself can do? Uh, anybody can do it once you, you you have to understand the network first, and then it's easy to find. That's that's what I want to do because what you just shared with me, every single location you just said, John, is within 15 minutes of where I raise my five sons with my husband, and that is scary to me. I want to thank you for your time, sir. How can everybody find you in the last 10 seconds? JohnGuandolo.com. And, uh, yeah, let me know how I can help you in your community. Simple as that. National security expert John Guandolo. This is what this guy does. We each need to learn how to do it, too. Don't go anywhere. They know that Joe Biden is going to lose. And we know that based on what they've been saying. Don't go anywhere. I've got it for you next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. So it's it's very interesting when you look at what is going on out there and you see, for instance, in this one Maricopa County case, you've got lawyers who are getting out. I'm removing myself from this litigation. Why would that be? We have people now speaking out knowing what we all know, that Joe Biden is going to get clobbered. That the degree to which there must be cheating, that the the numbers when you're when you're Donald Trump and you're up 12 points in Ohio, holy cow, and you're down only by two in Minnesota, come on. They know what's going on. And enough people now are coming forward and saying, oh boy, we know that Joe Biden is going to lose. Dean Phillips. On with Chris, Chris Cuomo, who has failed over to News Nation. He's saying that there is a culture of spinelessness in D.C. Now, he's going to wrongly equate this to Trumpism, per se. But I think even Dean Phillips, who fancies himself as an alternative to Joe Biden on the ticket, he knows how much suck is going on in the world. Listen to him. Go. Well, let me tell you, uh, all the names you know better than me right now, 
they knew what they knew the problem. They knew the consequence of uh, of Joe Biden taking on Donald Trump. They know he's going to lose. And what are they doing? They're doing what uh, Senator Manchin just did with you two moments ago. Heeing and hawing and dancing around. We have a governor from California who's traveling the world, running a shadow campaign. I called two of the candidates whose names you know. Not only would they not speak to me, they had their political operatives tell me, please don't use our names. That's the culture of spinelessness, uh, of people protecting their professional careers rather than the principles mm. that make this country so remarkable. And look at there's a reason I'm the number two most bipartisan member of Congress, according to the Common Ground Committee, because I know how to navigate this. I call my Republican buddies my dear friends. Do I agree with them all the time? A lot of time I don't at all. But if we want to get this country back on track, literally repair, by the way, Chris, I will have a bipartisan cabinet. I think the last people, the last president to really do what I want to do was Abraham Lincoln with his team of rivals. If Americans don't think they have a voice in the White House, uh, they're going to do exactly what's happening now. They pull back. They're in despair. They're angry. Do we, are we surprised that we have Trumpism when people don't feel heard? Of course not. I'm going to have a youth cabinet because young people feel completely disconnected from their White House, from their government. And let me tell you, after almost three terms in Congress, do I understand how people continue to be insulated and care a lot more about what happens inside the Washington Beltway than in the country? Of course. That's why President Biden, after 50 years, Chris, of doing this, Leading to the very problems that we have now in our country and abroad is exactly why we need change, not just here in the Middle East, in Europe and all around the world. It's time for a new generation of competency, of decency and to bring us to a bright future. I'm actually optimistic and quite joyful. Optimistic and joyful. And please, please vote for me. Give me five bucks. He says Trumpism. It leads to Trumpism. Do you know what Trumpism is, sir? Trumpism is this overarching belief that life doesn't suck when somebody who's responsible is in the Oval Office. I mean, it's basic. This is not complicated. Trumpism is the idea of American exceptionalism, of America first, sir. I don't care that you want to have people. I'm going to have young people and I'm going to have Republicans. Nobody cares. I'm not here to negotiate. I'm here to get my freaking country back. And you and your clowns have ruined it. So I'm not interested. How about Manchin? Manchin, you know what? You're a hack, dude. You're a hack. You specifically did not listen to the people who represent the majority in your state. And you went against them and you voted for the infrastructure, the inflation reduction BS. Well, that's a problem, sir. And now you fancy yourself perhaps a presidential contender because you want to be the guy who bridges the gap. I don't want the gap. I don't want to negotiate with Democrats. I want to fix what this country's gotten to so I can hand it to my five sons with some shred of decency, sir. Here's Joe Manchin. I believe that Donald Trump being elected again would destroy democracy as we know it. I would, I'm concerned. I'm very scared because, you know, he's already said what he would do. He's going to use the power of the office for revenge. He's going to basically, he's the, he doesn't believe that the only election, what he believes is the only fair election is the one he won. And, and he doesn't believe in the rule of law to where the law only pertains to everybody but him. It's a horrible situation. And I just, I'm scared of that. That would destroy our country as I know it. And Joe Biden is not the person when he came there saying, I know how it works. I can bring the country together. I'm a centrist. Well, he's pulled clear far to the left. So let's see what happened. Will anybody change? I don't know. Will the rhetoric change? But if we don't mobilize the moderate, sensible, what we're going to call them, the radical middle, okay? The radical middle. 
Those are people that make common sense decisions, that run their life, that run their family, that run their businesses. From the center left, center right, not from the extremes. And that's what's happened. And the business in Washington is too darn good. The Republican business and the Democrat business is pretty darn good here. And they're not going to change their model. So unless so, we push it, it's not. Nice try, buddy. He wants to be liked by everybody. Joe Manchin is the guy who wants everybody to like him. That's not the way it works. And by the way, Donald Trump, a threat to democracy. I'm afraid of four more years. What are you talking about? Because whomever is managing your political career clearly has Ron DeSantis on speed dial and is managing his because both of your trajectories look poor. We are not a complicated people. We really aren't. But to try to demonize this idea that we want what we've had, that what we had was far superior than what we have now, and that we're stupid if we don't identify that. And the only way for us to all get together is the same way that Israel's got to do their thing. You know what? We understand that terrorist thugs, savage barbarians, you know, they came over, they slaughtered you, they thought it was fantastic, so they videotaped it and put it all over social media because that makes sense. But you guys, you really need to just tone it down a bit. Ceasefire is the only way. Is the same way of freaking Joe Man saying Republicans anybody who pays attention who's awake in this country who knows they've been screwed by these people eh let's just you know it's not revenge let's just work together and forget about it not a chance and then there's Michael Rappaport this is a guy he's an actor he's a comedian he's an insane hater of Donald Trump And even he is saying this now. I got to vote for Donald Trump. Wait, what? Listen. If it comes down to pig Donald Trump and smoking Joe Biden, I'm sorry. I am sorry. Voting for pig Donald Trump is on the table. I'm sorry. (laughs) But we need to get this whole situation under control. Wait, what? We need to get this under control. Uh Uh-huh. That's exactly how everybody feels. That's why it's time for a little good news. I need some good news, baby. Cause like the world's going crazy. Give me some good news, baby. Give it to me. Give it to me. This is a story, a very sweet story, about how it's odd that a liver could bring together two hearts. Enjoy. There are always a lot of people to thank on a wedding day. But the bride-to-be at this church outside Chicago had one person to thank over all others, a total stranger who made this possible. I wouldn't have been here if it wasn't for him. A couple years ago, out of the blue, 27-year-old Heather Kruger was diagnosed with stage four liver disease. Doctors said she had just a few months to live. I mean, they immediately told me I was going to need a transplant. That's not enough time to really find a donor, right? No. By that time, I could really feel my body shutting down. Enter our hero. Chris Dempsey is a code enforcement officer for the village of Frankfurt, Illinois. What's going on? And he says he was in the break room one day when he overheard a guy talking about this woman who needed a liver donor. I spent four years in the Marine Corps and learned there never to run away from anything. So I just said to myself, Hey, if I can help, I'm going to help. 
Keep in mind, he'd never met Heather, but he got tested to see if he was compatible. And when he found out he was, that's when they finally met for the first time. We had lunch together, discussed what the whole process was going to be. Did you buy at least? No, he bought. Oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. <laughs> yeah, he bought, that I remember. Not long after, they checked into the University of Illinois Hospital. The transplant, which involves removing about half of the donor's liver, went off without a hitch. Afterward, Chris and Heather remained close. They got so close, in fact, he was at her wedding last weekend. He had to be, really. I mean, what's a wedding? Without a groom. And so it was that a year and a half after giving her part of his liver, she gave him all her heart. You're the most incredible man I've ever known. You believe in me, and you make me feel amazing every single day. Because of you, I laugh, smile, and I dare to dream again. Acts of great kindness are done without expectation. When Chris decided to give an organ to a random stranger, he had no idea he was saving his own wife. But such is the way of goodness. The more likely you are to live for others, the more likely you are to live happily ever after. <laughs> great, great story. I'm going to meet that man, not the liver donor. <laughs> Steve Hartman, he's the best. I love his things, and I think we need to be reminded. I get very fussy on this program, and I know you watch it, and there's a reason for it, because I know you feel the same way. But at the end of the day, that is the stuff in life that matters and your bad jokes if you're new to the show hey terrible jokes the worst and they're awesome and they're next all right so on this weekend before thanksgiving we want to thank you guys for all you do i do appreciate that you are here with us every single day it matters to us Again, programming, we will be here full week next week, Thursday and Friday. So if you're stuffing a turkey, get the podcast, listen, watch live. We just always love to be with you, especially when we can do this. Ladies and gentlemen, I just flew in from New York and boy, my arm's tired. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> welcome to the comedy club. Won't you give it up to Wendy and Brock for Bad Joke Friday? All right, so Dr. Richard Rafferty's joke from the Disk Institute of Pittsburgh. Fred is 35 years old, and he is still single. One day, his friend asks him, why have you never married? Have you never met a girl that you thought would make a great wife? Actually, Fred says, I've met plenty of women that I wanted to marry. Every time I bring them home to meet my parents, though, my mother doesn't like them. The friend thinks for a minute, then says, well, I have the perfect solution. Just find a woman that's like your mother. A few months later, they meet up again. A friend asks, so did you meet the perfect girl yet? And did your mother like her? Fred, with a frown on his face, says, yeah, I met the perfect girl. She was just like my mother. And you were right. My mother liked her very much. So what's the problem, the friend said. My father doesn't like her. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. Oh, that was funny. I can cut a piece of wood in half just by looking at it. You might not believe me, but I saw it with my own eyes. Oh, God. 
gosh. Saw him. I couldn't make reservations at the library. They were booked. <clears throat> if a cow doesn't produce milk, is it a milk dud or an utter failure? <laughs> How do you make an egg roll? I don't know. You push it. I know. I'm. That's why it's called Bad Joke Friday. How does how how do scientists freshen their breath? Freshen their breath. Yeah. I don't know. With experiments. Oh gosh. The inventor of the ballet skirt was struggling for a name until he finally put two and two together. Oh God. <sighs> why does Hi- Hawaii have interstate highways? Why? No, that's just the... Why does Hawaii have interstate highways? Yeah. There's no... That's just the... Oh, there's no going anywhere else. Oh, you didn't really deliver that very well. I'm just going to (laughs) say. I went to a ballet. I went to a ballet last night. All those women dancing on their tiptoes made me wonder why they didn't just find taller women. Yeah, that happened. Why do banks charge you a non-sufficient funds fee (laughs) on money they already know you don't have? (laughs) When antiquing over the weekend, I found a pencil actually chewed by William Shakespeare. It's chewed so much, I can't tell if it's a to be or a, a not to be. You know. These are bad. Number two. Why yeah. does... I, I got it. It just was bad. Why does 10 plus 10 equal 11 plus 11? Huh. Because 10 plus 10 equals 20, and 11 plus 11 is 22. T-O-O. <laughs> Why do or where do trout? Uh, oh, bad! You butchered. I know. Where do trout keep their money? In a riverbank. Mm-hmm. How many Democrats <laughs> does it take to screw in a light bulb? No. Just one, but it really gets screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to start a professional hide-and-seek team, but it didn't work out. Turns out good players are hard to find. <laughs> a man loses three fingers in a workplace accident. To the hospital, he asks, will I be able to drive with this hand? The doctor replies, maybe, but I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> Not to brag, but I made six figures last year. I was also named the worst employee at the toy factory. I made A rich man is watching the television news and a report comes over about how two Brazilians men were killed in a skydiving accident. His ditzy blonde girlfriend comes out of the bathroom and (laughs) look a horror and exclaims, oh, how terrible. How many is a Brazilian? (laughs) (laughs) The couple fell on hard times due to inflation being on a fixed income. Man suggests to his wife that she go out and hustle. Me? She said, at the age of 65, <laughs> it's the only way, he said. So she ventured out on a warm night, returned the next morning with $4.10. $4.10? Who gave you 10 cents? She replied, everybody. Oh, <laughs> what's the, let's move on. What's the difference between a Democrat and a trampoline? Oh, I don't know. You take your shoes off before you jump on a trampoline? <laughs> Wow, that's kind of violent. That's hurtful. That is. I I don't disagree. Why do scuba divers fall backwards out of a boat? I don't know. Well, if they fell forward, they'd still be in the boat. Oh, my God. How many Democrats? (laughs) Well, we're taking shots at Democrats. (laughs) How many Democrats does it take to paint a house? Hmm. A thousand and one. One to hold the paintbrush and a thousand to move the house back and forth. That's fantastic. (laughs) I love that. 
What's a golfer's favorite type of cheese? Parmesan. <laughs> That's a Bobby joke. That's a it's big schmobby joke. joke. Mm-hmm. What concert costs 45 cents? 50 cent minus five, something like that. 50 cent featuring Nickelback. <laughs> Nickelback. <laughs> Why did the cranberries turn red? Because they saw the turkey dressing. <laughs> God. I'm out. You go. A man asked his wife, what would you do if I won the lottery? Well, she replied, I'd take half and leave you. Right. And Grady said, I won 12 bucks. Here's, si- <laughs> <laughs> Here's six bucks. Stay in touch. <laughs> That's fantastic. Why did the invisible man turn down a job offer? I just couldn't see himself doing it. <laughs> what do you get when you cross Lassie with a rose? A cauliflower. <clears throat> 3,027 years from now, life will either be really good or really bad. It's 50-50. I'm almost done. What does a house wear? A dress. Simba was walking too slow, so I told him to Mufasa. That's cute. And finally, today was a terrible day. My ex-wife got hit by a bus, and I lost my job as a bus driver. (laughs) (laughs) What was worse? Have a great weekend, everybody. We love you. Peace.